what is it about superheroes in general, or, or maybe it's just like superpowers, right? That that find that we find so exhilarating, or that we're so um, enthralled by. You think it's a potential that, like, the superheroes portray, like, oh, if like you could embody that because it's a human. I'm sitting across Father Joe, a Catholic priest. Yeah, and I'm sitting across Oscar, a Catholic layman, husband, slash father. I was watching Seinfeld. Uh, it's now on Netflix, and so all the all the seasons are there. Mm-hmm. And there was a, an episode where he's talking about and like you just have to lean in and like fill in the words for him. So he agrees to wear a, a puffy shirt because they meet. I think uh, Kramer. Kramer's a tall, yeah. awkward dude. So he's like dating some girl, and she's like a fashion person. But he asks him to wear something over dinner but he can't hear her so he's just agreeing like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then the, sh- the puffed up pirate shirt shows up for him to wear on a, like on a late night show or something anyway i remember um, the pirate shirt i vaguely remember that episode interesting yeah, yeah. Sign- you're oh interesting <laughs> i know that that seinfeld is was a like wildly successful beloved show i just i don't think i think you're the first person i've ever met that watches Seinfeld. really yeah I, I well don't, i don't well maybe just people don't talk about well, i'll tell you this i've never watched it oh okay like it's uh i would watch it because it was like on tv like when it was on tv like wait am i that old what or was yeah, that already I, reruns when i was watching no, it? I, no think, I think it was I 97 think it was, still, it was yeah, still on tv yeah, okay yeah so i guess i was just watching it because that's what was on tv yeah but so someone posted about it and it's now on Netflix. I'm like, oh, check it out. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like Jerry Seinfeld. He has this show called Coffee. Cars. In cars driving with in, driving comedians. In, yeah, cars. Like. Yeah. And so I, I, I like, he's pretty funny and he's like, so anyways, I checked it out. Yeah, and he's I topical. Just, yeah. So cool. Nice. Awesome. So today's episode. We'll today get- we're talking about Superman. Today we're, today I'm just going to nerd out and just going to just enjoy the process. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Um, I've been watching, um, uh, apparently there's this new show. I, I didn't realize, I didn't know, I think that the season is, I guess it's already over. The first full season is, is available already. Um, it's called Superman and Lois. Um, it's an, a, yet another iteration of the Superman, um, the story of Superman, the last son of Krypton. Um, and I, I think that I've watched every single Superman movie and tv show ever i think including like animated movies well maybe not all the animated there's a ton of animated movies um but i've seen most of them i'm 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 telling you when i tell you i am obsessed uh with superman in particular um because we've talked about how you're a team you're a team you're a team iron man and i'm team captain we've talked about that marvel universe um but actually but my favorite superhero will always be Superman. See, I didn't know that. And that you didn't choose them because it was a Marvel universe we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But okay. 
And so you've been watching this show and what sparks? Uh, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun show. Like it's it's got a new concept. Uh, so Superman and Lois uh, Lane, his wife, they're married. Um, and in this show, and I think, and I'm pretty sure this is brand new. I don't think this has ever been part of, I, I wouldn't know about the comics, but I, I've never heard of Superman having twin boys. But in this series, he has twin boys and um, one of them is developing powers. And so he's kind of like helping you know, kind of teach him what he had to learn as, as, a, as a teenager when he uh, started manifesting his powers. Um, but yeah, it just got, it, it, it just got me into it, it or the show has re just reminded me of my just kind of fascination with uh, Superman. And I guess I want to just kind of begin with that. Um, what is it about Superheroes in general, or or maybe it's just like superpowers, right? That that find that we find so exhilarating, or that we're so um, enthralled by. You think it's a potential that, like, the superheroes portray, like, oh, if like you could embody that because it's a human, but they have this superpower, so you might start thinking, fantasizing that you, what if you had that power, so. I don't think Sherlock Holmes is a superhero, right? Mm -hmm. But I not a superhero in a superpower kind of way, but like, he does. But he's very smart. That. Well, see, in the comics, sometimes super, super, super intellect is considered a, a superpower. So maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Iron Man is pretty smart, and he's like uh, he's with gadgets he's and everything, right? <laughs> he's Iron. <laughs> Just kidding. He's Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, he's very. He's actually very no, smart. No, guys. but with Sherlock Holmes, where I was going with this is, I was watching a series. And it's a guy that did Doctor Strange, the actor, and he does a Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. Yeah, so he does a Sherlock Holmes uh, as, as series, and I yeah, it's a really good series. Yeah, it's, uh, and, from the BBC or something. It's yes. a British, show. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's like three seasons or something. Like that. And I like how he super good processes like getting ahead and being ahead, and yeah, you can even as as I'm watching the show. Like, you can't even figure out how it's going to end. And at mm -hmm. the end, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't see that step. And for me, it's almost like a superhero. It's it's like, can you get to that level of mind? Like, uh, mind that he talks about having a palace in his mind, right? And how he remembers things. But mm -hmm. that's something like, when I see it, I'm like, looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'd be cool. Like, I picture most of, like, the most organized people, maybe like the, like, successful like that they lead big companies big that they might operate like that and if you're able to like mm -hmm. think of your i don't know i think of like your homily if you're able to like remember it it helps anyone yeah that, that yeah i mean it's it's an analogy right it's not literal obviously it's not like he has a literal mansion in his in his head but um you know i, th I think um what's at least for me the first kind of like the striking difference between someone like sherlock holmes and and Superman is that intelligence is something that is a part of the human experience. Like we do possess a God-given capacity to reason, to understand, to to figure things out. That is an actual capacity that man has. Whereas Superman, for example, flight. Yeah. Um Heat vision, uh, you know, the, the ice breath, um, not things that we have, unless you consider ice breath when you go 
uh, yeah. and you're cooling down something, maybe. Yeah, it's like maybe that's like the the super um, super weakened version of of ice uh, of his ice breath. Um, but but I guess I, I mean that that's that would be for me that would be one qualitative difference of something between like like a difference between someone like Sherlock Holmes where there if 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 it is considered a superpower it's a superpower that's based on or it's it's a it's an extreme or it's a buffed up version of our uh, of a real power that we have yes no yeah i agree i think um so with superman flight right i i one of the passages yeah in scripture that i'm always like trying to like picture myself there or like Mm -hmm. but it's the walking like on on water right Mm -hmm. jesus like approaching the boat and like if i'm peter and i'm just looking at that i don't i one night freak out but that right it's like that is i know we're talking about like christ here but it's that level right like flight like you just don't you can't it's not easy to conceive like how that happens yeah that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad you I would I would I don't think I would have thought of that image in of the, of that, you know, that instance in the sacred scriptures. But that's a really cool point. Um well, um is Peter able to walk on water because God empowers him and enables that and is it that God is basically, is it that Jesus is basically, it's not superpowers, but, but analogous, analogously, yeah. right? Imagine like, is it that Jesus is hardening the water under his feet as he takes steps? Um, because if that's the case, then when Peter looks away and starts sinking, then it's not his fault. It's because he looked away, and so Jesus started loosening the water under his feet. So I don't think that that's right, right? I don't think it's that Jesus is making this superhuman action happen. What I am thinking right now, at this moment, like so, I this is not developed. I have no idea if if. If it turns out that I'm speaking heresy, I will recant. Please do not burn me at the stake, right? Um, (laughs) I will happily recant. Um, But is it possible then that what Peter is doing of walking on water is something that humanity is already capable of? um, And maybe it's just being unlocked, if you will. Um, yeah, no, no. And have you, are you familiar with the movie Lucy? I haven't seen it. I, I know I've heard of it and I, I know it. Uh. So it's like a, a some pill allows her to tap into, you know, they say we use 10% of yeah, our yeah, yeah. things. I kind of see that like correlating because when she's able to, then she's able to look at you and she could see like, okay, you, you're like sick. You need to like uh-huh. go get checked. Okay. And so it's like, it's the movies unlocking. tell you that we unlock and, and tap into those different things. I hadn't thought about, see, like I tell you, when I read that passage, I am I find myself, okay, if I was there, like how would I, one, they're fearful, most like uh, films or, or images that like try to like 
capture I guess, that illustrate image. that, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Is like the apostles are fearful. Peter's yeah. like looking at this like they've never seen that. But I had never thought like that Christ is like heartening the water there. Well, and it's well, that's, like, well, that's the question, right? Is he doing that? So I would reject that. I would say that it's not. It, 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 it can't. Well, in my mind, it can't be that. It can't be that Jesus is is using his superpowers to harden water, to harden water underneath, solidify water under his feet. Because then when he starts singing, it wouldn't really be Peter's action. It would just be, it would almost be like Jesus sees him look away. And so Jesus would be disappointed and be like, I'm going to let you sink. Right. Yeah. Which to me is, a, is, is kind of a, a mean Jesus. Like it, 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 I don't know to me, right. In this moment, maybe later I'll realize there's something deeper to it, but, um, but at least so that t- to me that that that's that that's not a, that's a non-starter like it doesn't it doesn't make sense for me um what makes more sense is that 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 there is this kind of unlocking of the the real human potential um so i, I remember this is maybe maybe this is kind of a tangent but i remember when we were in uh in seminary in sacramental theology in, in one of my it was after i yeah i already had my mdiv so it was like I, it was my additional studies that i did we were talking about um, the sacraments, and in particular, we we're talking about the sacrament of confirmation. So, uh, every sacrament has a an ordinary minister, right? So, um, uh, the Eucharist, right? Who is the ordinary minister for a Eucharist? Who's the one that performs or celebrates the Eucharist? A priest, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be a, 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 a presbyter. Um, we just say priests. We don't have to say bishops because bishops are priests and because they're priests, they can do it, right? So the ordinary minister is a priest. Um, and then in, in confirmation, the ordinary minister is the bishop, but there is an extraordinary minister. So it is possible that a priest can do confirmation okay. even though he's not a bishop. So then that kind of sparked a conversation for us. And we were like, okay, so so what does that mean? Is that mean Does that mean that confirmation is a power if so to speak right uh, a power given to a priest but we just you know we, we but we've kind of locked that power and reserved it for the bishop and so the bishop is able to unlock mm-hmm. it like we did this year and last year for confirmations because of the pandemic the bishop delegated to the pastors and administrators of the different churches of the different parishes he said i because so that we can do smaller celebrations and you can do multiple celebrations, I am delegating to you to do confirmations. So the question was, is he in that sense, is that basically then him unlocking a power that is already given to priests um, that has been locked away for the sake of uh, unity, for the sake of, um, you know, uh, administration of the diocese and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and, Basically, we we at least generally and mostly we decided it sounds it seems like it right it seems like that uh, that is a power of priests and they unlock it for you and and the bishop is the one that unlocks it for you because we also noticed that on Easter mm. on the Easter vigil um, if someone is coming into the church for the first time they receive baptism communion and confirmation all at the same celebration and the priest celebrating that thing is the one that does it he doesn't do baptism communion and be like hey you're gonna have to wait for the for the confirmation later when bishop is able to make it uh he's able to do that so again the easter vigil unlocks this potential for them i, I and you said two two things so like one uh, the, there's an ordinary what did you say ordinary ordinary minister uh, an ordinary minister and i think of like 
the then you said there's extra extraordinary like mm -hmm. which is like when the bishop basically unlocks that for mm -hmm. a priest and they're able to carry that out right and so i thought of that like how when people say man that's extraordinary like so some people are just like baseline ordinary that would probably be superman like mm -hmm. in the movies right like he he's just ordinary that's actually like from this planet and like mm -hmm. he has that right but then when someone unlocks it a regular human they're like man that's extraordinary so like i think of even just that passage like that's an ordinary thing like for christ like he's like but when 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 we read about peter like taking the step and like he's actually like walking like he's being extraordinary extraordinary and yeah i think he grants some unlocks it and says like this is mm -hmm. like your potential but then i'm also thinking like is peter saying oh you could do it like like how does he gain that confidence too um like like why like, does he like why the, does he why does because it is peter's petition it's peter that says master if it is you oh bid me come to you um and and jesus says you know i will it or um whatever however it goes down in this specific so in a way it's almost like you have to ask asking if we it's like yeah i i mean and and this is true when it comes to just like all of our interactions with god is there is this mutuality right god is god opens an invitation and we have to accept it and we have to respond to that invitation but it is always um an impulse from god himself so god is the one that arrives in at that scene in response to their fear of the uh, uh, you know and so god is god arrives and it's that that enables peter to ask the question and to do it there's a way to the with uh, with god all things are possible because yeah and I, right yeah and right before you started uh, speaking about this this your last point um I was also thinking about Jesus saying, um, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move, you could tell this mountain to move and uproot this tree, right? Uh, I think I flipped those around first, uproot this tree, and then, and, and it would be uprooted in order to tell this mountain to move. Um, so a lot, some people would say, well, that's just figurative language, right? That's just poetic language. Jesus is just saying, like, faith is really powerful. Um, but the reality is that we don't know the 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 potential that that faith has, um, and, and and then when we took when we look to stories of the saints, um, or we hear about these miracles attributed to their intercession, like is that not like a moving of a mountain? You know, um, I don't know. One of the stories of the saints that like. And you might, I don't know if you know it, but or if you've heard of it, but with Padre Pio, which by the way, Shay LaBeouf, is that the artist? Shia LaBeouf Shia? is making a movie about it. Yeah. yeah, Padre Pio, right. But Padre Pio, according to this, what I've read I'm, is... I'm on the fence about it. I don't, I'm, I'm afraid of... I, that what, it, I'm afraid that in, in the, at the end, it'll be like this anti-Catholic sentiment behind it. Yeah, I'm afraid of it. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see where we'll it goes. Where it goes yeah. But with Padre Pio, they, um, I, I read somewhere that he had by location. So mm -hmm. like he could be in two places at once. And Correct. that's like in the 50s or 40s, right? When he was alive, I think he mm -hmm. passed in 1950 or some, somewhere along. But like, uh, yes, like that is like the potential of we don't know until someone... So now I'm thinking, does someone come and unlock it? Like, what's Superman's like point in dressing up as Clark Kent? Yeah. So I think this is a good this is yeah this is a good segue segue to that because before we I was I was 
I was sharing with you how yeah. in the movie Kill Bill, um, uh, just very violent movie. Do not let your kids watch this movie. Um, very gory. Um, very Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, in the in in Volume Two, um, when she finally arrives at her final confrontation with Bill, right? The movie's called Kill Bill. Um, uh, he kind of has her in a in a in a compromised position, so she's not able to do anything. So they have this conversation, right? Um, and in that conversation, and and I. I should have looked it up the, the scene, but I, I'm because I'm trying to remember what it is that he's responding to. She must have asked him a question or, or said something. Um, but then Bill goes on this kind of like little um, um, philosophical rambling, if you will, about Superman, about the, the comic uh, from the comic, right? Superman, uh, Clark Kent. Um, and so his point is that when we look at other um, superheroes, there are alter ego is their superhero persona, right? So you think of of Peter Parker or Miles Morales, they become Spider-Man. And so they put on the suit and uh, that's their their alter ego, their new self, right? They're, 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 this is their costume, right? Um, same thing with literally, well, not literally, but like most other superheroes, uh, Iron Man is Tony Stark and he becomes Iron yeah. Man. Um, Steve Rogers, because of the, serum becomes uh uh captain america etc right so it's 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 this persona that they take on um and that becomes their costume whereas superman bill argues um is actually the reverse right superman is superman right he is kal-el the last son of krypton by his in his very nature he is superman he is born superman and will die superman um, regardless of what he's wearing, right? And in, um, I don't think he, or I don't know if he mentions it in there, but, but it's it's common Superman lore that his costume, the 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 suit that he wears, I'm sorry, this the Superman suit is is made his from. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I made him. Well, you'll you'll see why that's a deep mistake. But like the suit that he's wearing is actually uh, came with him in the pod when he escaped the planet of krypton right um and bill argues that clark kent the suit the glasses that that is his costume right he is superman and he becomes clark kent to hide his true personality right um and and so then bill says that that clark kent therefore is superman's critique on humanity Right. Um, this is how, according to Bill, Superman sees the world. He sees it as bumbling. Right. Uh, Clark Kent is always stumbling around. He's always tripping. He's clumsy. He uh, is, is awkward. Uh, he wears glasses because he's blind. Um, I don't know how how blind he is, but uh, but he wears glasses. He's impaired. Uh, he's utterly weak, uh, self-conscious, um, you know, just full of anxiety um, and all of those, at least in the comic book world, it's, it's explained away that this is what Superman does so that no one's going to say like, hey, this guy's, you know, this guy, this guy looks like Superman alive. You ever notice that if he takes off his glasses, he looks exactly yeah. like him. So his, this, this way of acting is meant to be his costume, right? It's the way he hides away from the world. But Bill is saying, no, that's not only is it his way of hiding in the world, but it's also his 
view of humanity. That's what he thinks humanity's like. Yeah. You know, bumbling, clumsy, weak, utterly weak, blind to reality, etc. And I um and then to connect this, so I was asking before you you started sharing that that like why um would someone, you know, take on like in this case, like why would he become Clark Kent? What's like and it's the story, right? And it's like comics and all that. But then I was thinking before uh about Christ. So when he like um He's made incarnate, um, it, right? Yeah, it's made incarnate. That's awesome. Like I was gonna say, when he's born, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but which but, is tr- correct yeah, as well. Like, like which how, when he is born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or, yeah. and how, how God takes on flesh, and right, mm-hmm. and so, um, in a way, like in this story of Superman, he's he's kind of saying, "This is how I see humanity. I I need to hide like my superpowers, and this anxiety, this type of stumbling around, things blind, blind." Well, Christ, I think uh, I was sharing that um, in being born right into humble, like a humble life. Mm-hmm. He's also showing us like in a way how he sees that. And oh, I guess the, the value in like living like humbly, I guess, like and when everyone expected, I don't know, like um, I was talking about like, uh, um, oh, man. I was talking, I'm trying to put this together. So I was trying to say how in that time when Christ is born, like maybe like empires and like everyone's uh, envisioning like riches and like that's like being super when Christ takes on body and actually tells us no, like uh, kind of like what Clark Kent does. Yeah, I no, it, definitely. I mean, it, it, the, 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 the people of Israel, is that my phone? It is my phone, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. My bad. You're good. I did not turn that off. Oh, father, I'll call you back. Um, uh, so, but but yeah, like so, the people were expecting, um, the Messiah was 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 expected to be this strong political figure that was going to be able to, you know, topple and and fight back against the the Roman Empire that was that 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 you know kind of controlled most a lot of the the, the known world. Um, I think to your, to your point, if Superman, according, again, according to Bill, uh, if Superman's view of humanity is that we are clumsy and, 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 you know, weak and blind, if we were going to make an analogy to Jesus coming, being, being born of, of Mary, you, you know, you could see how, yeah, that Jesus comes into a concrete situation that maybe does reflect the reality of the human condition, right? Um, he is born in a very humble place. Um, he is born weak um, as a baby. I mean, like yeah. it, it, this is this is God, right? This is the creator and ruler of the cosmos, um, and he's born and he can't even hold up his head. Yeah. You know, like all babies, right? He he needs he needs he's vulnerable, right? He's vulnerable, and he needs the help of others, his mom, his dad, um, to be taken out of uh, the land of Israel because of Herod and go to, go down to Egypt and be saved in that sense. Um, so so th- there is also kind of like this reflection of the the real condition of humanity. Um, I think the fundamental difference here would be. 
that Jesus coming because Bill is making because Bill is arguing that that Superman looks at that way looks at man that way, but almost with a level of contempt, right? Like you are all beneath me, um, and and, and right. So Bill's using it in that way, right? Um, whereas God, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, um, enters into humanity into that human experience, um, reflective of our real condition. Not because he wants to poke fun at it, but because he wants to redeem it, because he wants to transform it, because he wants to experience it in all things but sin, as we use in in Catholic parlance. Um, And so um, there is this genuine love for the human condition and a desire to be connected and united to it. Now, Let's get rid of Bill's idea because I think Bill. I mean, at the end of the day, Bill is a um, is a uh, assassin. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert: um, he is an assassin, and so what does he know, right? Um, in 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 Superman lore, right? Uh, in in just like the the most stories of Superman. Now there's parallel universes and and stuff like that where it's different, right? But at least in the main Superman storyline, um, Clark or Kal El, you know. Uh, He's, he lands in Kansas and is adopted by this sweetest of couples, Jonathan and Martha Kent. Um, and they inspire in him, uh, you know, strong values of, uh, you know, what at least at the beginning of the creation of Superman were, the, what is it, the um, something truth in the American way? Uh, do you remember that line? Mm-hmm. There's it's a, it's a little tagline from early Superman. I don't know. Justice... Maybe truth, justice, and the American way, or something like that. So Martha and Jonathan are the ones that kind of instill in them, instill in him, um, you know, good things, and 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 they show him the beauty of humanity, and that's why Superman um, becomes this hero, becomes this defender of humanity, because he sees in them, yeah, people that are weak, but people that are that that are fundamentally good and worthy of saving. Um, yeah, and I want to like um, talk a little bit about okay, so and becoming Superman, right? So we're like, see, maybe potential someone unlocks it, we become Superman. Like, um, I guess our thoughts around like in trying to become Superman, what what does that mean? So like, me and you right here, we're recording a podcast, but like, how how do we go into or what's our understanding of becoming Superman and I think this ties into into what we were talking about, um, like uh, Clark Kent, right? He, uh, you were just talking like his parents bring him up, values, show him the right way. In a way, it it kind of like limits structure. We were talking about rules in the first podcast episodes, like how in a way he he's able to live amongst us, I guess, and in, in that universe, the Superman universe, but. Um, he's still Superman. So that, that potential still comes out. So like, how, how do we, um, approach becoming Superman in our own limited, I guess. Well, is that the target though? Is, is, is the target to become Superman? Um, you know, so, so philosopher Friedrich, Friedrich Nietzsche, um, would argue that, that Superman is the next step in evolution. But for him, it's not Superman as in 
as in Kalo, Flight. as in, as in, yeah, he's not saying that, that that's what we're going to become, that eventually we'll develop these powers. Um, that's not his argument. What he's saying is that, um, that there is, at least in theory for him, there is this, there's got to be this next step in evolution. And so the question is, what is that next step? Like, what are we, what are we supposed to develop? What are we supposed to, um, how are we supposed to grow? Right. Um, and so he would argue that, um, or he believes that, or he believed he's dead. Uh, he believed that, that, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Um, but he argued, I think it's because he said God is dead. That, that was, that's his kind of like phrase. And so like, I saw this little thing that said, you know, Nietzsche said God is dead. Um, and now Nietzsche is dead. So how do you like them apples or something? Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Which is Anyway. Um, but his idea was that, that, uh, that the next step in this evolutionary process or what we need to uh, kind of uh, fight for is this liberation from the shackles of old ideas and philosophical and and, and mental and psychological um, paradigms and ideas and and, and structures, right? So he's um, basically saying we need to free ourselves from the oppressive ideas of the past, uh, whether that's customs from uh, just like... anything from American ideals, for example, like of, of picking yourself up from your bootstraps and stuff like that, uh, to religious ideas, right. Of loving one another, of, of, of surrender, of, of, um, of turning the other cheek would, would be those kinds of things would be, he's like, well, no, these are old constructs and these are all, these are ideas that we feel shackled to. But if we want to break free from that, we just need to abandon them. And we need to realize that maybe the next step in evolution is that, who knows that maybe morality will be totally different, right? Maybe that um, what's good, what we now consider as bad, maybe eventually we'll realize that eh, it's not that bad, you know. Um, and you can kind of see how sometimes that kind of stuff happens. Um, and so Nietzsche might say, yeah, here we go. We're, we're evolving, right? But it's losing or I mean, the Christian understanding would be is that you're losing fundamentally good sorry that's not right that's not the right word you are you losing the objective good right that it isn't that things are uh subjective and we can decide what's good or what's evil it's 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 it's, that's truth right as revealed to us by god as revealed to us by god through our human reasoning um and so so he would argue that the point is not to evolve into this superman again what not superman the, the the superhero but a comic book superhero but that's not the he would argue that that's the point and i would argue no it's not right um so going back to our i mean we're talking about christ right so so sometimes people will look at christ as if he's a and we've kind of done it right as if he's a superman as if he's like some sort of x-men that's able to kind of like harden the water underneath yeah. our feet but but we're using this as as an analogy and we're using this as a kind of way to kind of understand the way that God maybe operates. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is not a superhero. (laughs) He is God, right? He is God and he is the one that is able to reveal to us our true selves, right? Um, Jesus is fully God and fully human, right? That's, that's the orthodox understanding of who Jesus is. He is 100% human in all things, and he is 100% divine, right? 
We are not, right? God wants to divinize us. He wants to transform us. He wants to resurrect us and give us access um, to this divine power and, and, and goodness and, and, and grace. Um, but the end goal is not for us to become God's uh, ourselves, right? Maybe, I mean, in the scriptures, there is kind of like this reference that maybe we will be like God, right? Um, but, um, but we will, we're not going to become supermen. We are men. And, 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 and what Jesus is trying to, or wanted to kind of show to us is that there is a goodness there, that there is a beauty, that there is a, a dignity there, right? And there is no need to grasp at divinity. There's no need to grasp at something that's not proper to us. That's the problem in the Garden of Eden, right? Um, you know, they had everything they needed. They were they were human in in every sense of the word, and they were they were fully satisfied. They were satisfied. And then along comes the serpent with a lie that says, you know, if you take from that fruit, you will become like him, right? You will become like God. And that's why God's afraid of you. He doesn't want you to do it. And so Adam and Eve tried to become supermen. Uh, and so they grab at the fruit from the, uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and that's what is their, is their downfall, right? Yeah. It's grasping. Like right now, just the thought on, on, uh, on kind of getting or freeing ourselves from like the past and like, like how we're like super, uh, the superhuman right mm-hmm. from Nietzsche. Um, but the way I'm grasping it is almost like the Olympics just happened. Right. But it's kind of like, those are super, like they're athletes. They're like elite athletes. Top of the game. And, and the, the one thing that makes them that is discipline and, Mm -hmm. and, and following rules and, and then going off like past research on training. And it's like, like, even if they want to just improve a point tenth of a second to win like gold. And that's like the competition is super like tough like it's by points point whatever milliseconds yeah, fractions of a second and so so i think of like like why would we throw that away and i'm not saying and i don't understand Nietzsche like entirely but like based on that why would we throw all that away or like traditions away like that you can't become uh, even a uh, entire like full human <laughs> like if you throw that um all those uh, values and everything that's been set for us away and so I think of that Olymp- Olympians, like the reason they're elite is because they follow, they're just super disconnected. They're not, yeah, they're not disconnected they're from not the past. Like, they're not saying, well, that's worked in the past. That's how, that's how past Olympic swimmers have, have trained and won, but I'm going to do something different because I'm evolved, um, because I am beyond what they did. Right. We're, this is obviously an analogy, but, um, but no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Like it's, it's. It's tried and true, and it's and it's um, the wisdom of past ages um, that they that they take on, and maybe they'll find some new thing to, that that's kind of theirs, right? Um, they must. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an Olympic yeah, yeah, but, athlete, but, right? That's, that's but good. then there's this this tweaking of it, or there's something that maybe an addition to, or because. Oh my God! They looked want- at their macro levels of their food or something. I don't know. Like I don't. I have no clue what you, any you of said that the means. Word, you said the word tweaking, and um, right before we get into random question here, but you said the word tweaking, and there's a there was a great article I read by Malcolm Gladwell. I've I've shared this author before, but he was writing for the New Yorker, and he wrote about Steve Jobs, and he called them. I think the article was called "The Great Tweaker" because Steve Jobs didn't invent like 
like uh, anything that like the computer, he just tweaked um, the phone. The BlackBerry was already there, like tweaked it, mm-hmm. and like the in a way, like I guess, yeah, like every I'm a, I'm every, a, every iPhone iteration has been just a slight tweak. tweak. It's like they add one little thing, and it's a thousand dollars, please. Yeah, yes. so imagine it's like no, let's get rid of all the phone design that has happened, and I'm just gonna try my own thing. That's yeah. good. it's just a, a hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, let's you don't reinvent into, the wheel. Let's go question of the show. Here is our random question of the day, really disjointed to what we've been talking about, but that's the point of it being random, right? Uh, the question today is, uh, what are or who are some musicians or singers that you feel have contributed the most to music? So we're talking about, so the question is basically like, who do we feel are have been really influential artists? And I think it does tie into the episode. Because it's kind of like they set the path, and now <laughs> and the Superman, they're the Superman. Just yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They would have to be extraordinary. Because everyone sounds. Oh, you sound like him. So I think just because I I uh, I was watching a documentary uh-huh. on Netflix, uh, Bob Dylan. I think like uh, at first, like I was watching this documentary, and when he first started, it wasn't a lot of singing. It was like a lot of like talking and like just like with the. Mm-hmm. And but I thought I'm like wow, there's a lot of a lot of new songs, not a lot of recent new songs, but I kind of like I don't know how to describe it. I like um, it's like Iron and Wine. If you're familiar Mm-mm. with with well, it's like indie rock. I'm not sure. Like I don't know how to what genre it is. That's what. But it it's um like the way they play. Like it just sounds mellow. It's like coffee house music. Like mm-hmm. usually I always tie it back to Bob like Dylan and so I think even with the documentary the way they like shared how he started changing mm-hmm. how music sounded I think that one would be one for me um would he be I think I think and, and sorry to inter, in, interject but I think when I think of music as storytelling I think he's really good um I'm trying to think of someone else that I would be consider that I would consider or, kind of like he was parallel. Um, parallel. I don't know how old they were, but uh, Johnny Cash. Contemporaries. Of. Johnny Cash was also like good storyteller. Right. Okay. Um, because I think that's a great contribution to, to to music. I mean, it always has. Like if you think about like traditional folk stories, I mean, it turned to music. That's they were storytelling. Um, but then, I, I, or maybe it's always existed, but I think that that's a significant contribution to be someone that's kind of at least maintaining the idea of storytelling as opposed to some modern music that's just, you know, um, I like, you know, I, I don't know, I, I like booze or I like, yeah. you know, partying and okay, but is there a story behind that or, you know, so. Yeah, no. And so, yeah, no storytelling, I guess that's what he impacted. How about you? I don't really have an answer. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. I don't know who. Because my the only thing I'm thinking of is, and I don't even know who. But I'm. I, I think it's because I. So I joined a choir, um, and and so we're playing classical music, and so we're, one of the songs that we're singing is from Vivaldi, and so like it, it's it's I, I've got classical music in my head. Um, and it reminded me that there was a time 
when uh, the piano was considered secular, was considered like, like you can't have that in the church. Are you ta are you kidding me? The piano, that that heathen music from the from from the world, you know. And and now, a piano in church is actually considered. Oh, that's oh, it's not just a guitar, you know. Like uh, it's it, so it's almost considered as this like this elevated uh, instrument. Um, so so I was thinking in terms of sacred music, and I don't know who would have been one of the first composers to kind of like create music on the piano for for worship uh, but whoever it was 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 gutsy you know they said you know what this is beautiful and it's it's dignified and it can it can be tailored it can be used uh, incorporated into into worship yeah because so there's like this gospel sound like like music of the piano mm -hmm. right um that's what you're referring to right like in yeah. church like mass mm -hmm. yeah 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 so be, before the piano it would have been almost exclusively and not not since the beginning but for many centuries the organ was was the or instrument that's the church instrument it's an organ yeah. and so the piano was seen as this barbarian do you have an organ here uh we have a digital organ okay uh, i think st patrick's has an organ a digital organ digital as well mm -hmm. okay awesome so cool those are influential musicians uh, we would have to do some research on the piano but but that's good um I guess your thoughts on like, should we aspire? Not because that's like, tell us, should we aspire to be like superhuman or like, but like, uh, why don't I'd like to end here? Why do I watch every single Superman movie cartoon? Why? Um, because I think that contrary to what Bill says, that, 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 that Superman views humanity with contempt. I think by and large, the stories that are told of Superman are quite the opposite. He sees in humanity, which he acknowledges as being weak. He knows that he realizes that compared to him. I mean, he, he knows that, right? He's not oblivious, um, but he sees a, a genuine worth, right? And some of the, and to me, some of the best stories of Superman are the ones where Superman's strength um, is is um, is matched, no, is um, is intermingled with the strength of some other human person. So, like this show that I'm watching is called Superman and Lois, right? Um, and there was a scene at some point, and I don't remember exactly what happened. I've been binge watching this, uh, and I don't. And so I've seen so many episodes recently that I don't remember where it was. But there was a scene where someone's talking to Lois, and they're saying, "You know, Lois, like you have brought out the best in Superman, right? Like, and so I think, I think generally people that love Superman understand that too. That." Superman is 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 nothing without Lois. And in fact, they play with it, right? Like if Lois dies, if Lois is gone, Superman is at is 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 vulnerable to being corrupted, to being uh totally, you know, turned and 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 made into this evil Superman if Lois is gone. So Superman is powerful 
and he is. But Lois possesses her own power too, her own strength, um, and and it's and it and, and there's this beautiful um, kind of in exchange interplay between their strengths and 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 their weaknesses because they both have weaknesses. Superman has weaknesses too, um, and so there's this beautiful interplay, which I see analogously. God is not Superman. I am oh, not Lois Lane. But I see this beautiful, I I see this beautiful image of 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 the same, like just this, that 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 God is the one that that saves me, and the one that 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 He is my strength because I have no, I I don't have that strength that He does to do the things that only He can do. Right, salvation is not something that I can do for myself. He needs to save me, but that doesn't mean that I am this damsel in distress because Lois, maybe she began that way. But as, as stories evolved, she's not a damsel in distress, right? And I'm not um, just, I'm not just, I'm not called to just be like, okay, Jesus, save me. And like, I'm not going to do anything, but I have to do something too, right? Like I have to respond to that. I have to unite myself to that, to that, to that power um, and, and to offer what, what has been given to me as my own abilities and powers and virtues and stuff like that human as they may be and small as they may be compared to supermans uh, or gods but there, there's 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 a there's a need for them to be um brought to the table as well yeah so it's like christ approaching the boat peter needs to like want to step out first of all so yeah. that then that happens yeah so. exactly like it yeah i i don't think it was all jesus i think I think most of it was Jesus, and I think that that without Jesus, it would not be possible. I, I, please do not, uh, again, do not burn me at the stake. Um, but I think that there is, or, or I know there is, a human element and a human response to that. Yeah. That 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 is also um, fundamental and, and and necessary. Awesome. Well, we'll end it there, and then we'll be. <laughs> you'll hear us next week. See ya. Peace. Peace.